Hey everyone, welcome to the Active and Connected Families podcast. For our regulars, you know that we once called this podcast therapists, but as we expand our therapy practices and our services, our new name better reflects how we're trying to help families become more active and connected today. The podcast will include funny and insightful interviews with a range of experts, solo episodes with me, and of course, regular chats with Sarah Lewis of the Lewis Practice and Caroline McGargle of Virginia Family Therapy. To kick it off, we're talking about why we think parenting is so hard right now. Almost everyone is talking about the stress and anxiety that we all feel. So Sarah, Caroline, and I are going to give you our theories from developmental shifts for kids and us parents, and also unrealistic expectations of how this time's going to go. We also offer some advice about how to get through it. And of course, Sarah and Caroline have me laughing so hard and even make me feel better about my own overwhelm. As always, if you enjoy Active and Connected Families, we ask that you rate and review this podcast and please subscribe to our feed. Thanks so much for listening. Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to ANC Families Podcast. I am so excited to have Sarah and Caroline here with me. Hi guys, I'm gonna cry, sorry. (laughs) Hi. Hi, the band is back together for this one. I'm so excited. Guys, literally we have just shot the shit for 30 minutes and now we have 30 minutes to record but we're like just happy to be here on zoom together it's so good to see you guys it's so nice i know and guys we already have a lot of deep thoughts just so everyone knows a lot of deep thoughts about why we think that this time of year is really really hard for parents Um, I am just kind of going out in my world and every single parent that I talk to is telling me they're totally overwhelmed. They're really, really anxious. They feel so much pressure. They don't know if they can keep up. And it seems to me, and also, by the way, I'm completely feeling that too. So maybe I'm essentially bringing that out in other people, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so we want to talk about why we think this is because it's pretty bad right now. Is that what you guys are seeing? I am totally seeing that, Amanda. I hear that in my office. I hear it from my friends. Um, I feel it. I, I think it's just, I, I think if you have if you have a family right now, and even I think if you don't have kids at home or don't have kids at all, like I think there's something about just kind of surf- resurfacing from what we've just been through for the last couple of years um, that's definitely having impact. 
I see it. I feel like my friends with kids are talking about how hard it is. I mean, even hearing Sarah just talk about that in a calm way brought my anxiety level down. So I appreciate <laughs> that, Sarah. I have to say, it, it kind of, it does make me think back about a podcast that we talked about or a theme we talked about in a couple of our other podcasts before. And one of my favorite themes, emotional forecasting. Remember how I get so excited when I could point that out? You were into that. Right. that I'm still thing. kind of into it. I don't know why I get so excited about this, but it's that feeling of, of thinking we're going to feel a certain way. And then we get to that place and we don't actually feel that way. And then the feelings that go with that. And I think this is a great example of that. We're back to, you know, I think we couldn't wait for kind of the intensity of COVID to subside a little bit. COVID is still out there. We all know that, but but I think definitely our healthcare system and the people in our healthcare system have worked so hard to get ahead of that and be in a good place and make life go back to normal for all of us. And I think it's a new normal. And I think we were kind of expecting maybe for it to be something that we would come out of this um, pandemic time and just take the world by storm, or we would back be back to our old normal maybe. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel right for all of us. I think we're in a really different place. And I think if you went back to our old podcasts, we were probably saying like, oh, if we just get through this, right, we're all going to feel better. Like the world is reopening. There's so much hope, right? And there is, and life is still hard. Yeah. And I think the second part of this, if you guys don't mind me launching in is, um, you know, the the pandemic is something that that we had never experienced before. So we didn't have any coping skills for it. It happened in such a massive way that the whole world and and all of our communities kind of experienced something called collective trauma, and it was trauma. I mean, I think you can't you can't kind of say, oh, it was a dark time. I mean, this was really a traumatic time for for all of us and at different degrees. And so, not unlike how a lot of trauma works for people, most situations that are really intense and and crisis oriented people kind of rise to the crisis meet the crisis needs and then as things get kind of more settled and 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 we kind of um get back into that that window what we call in mental health that window of tolerance or that place where things feel a little better a lot of times that's when trauma can or the feelings from the trauma can hit you know that's the time where we try to process wow what just happened and and i think if we're trying to our, our bodies and our brains are trying to do that and trying to hit this new normal pace and are, and try to like pick up life where we left it. I think you're totally right, Sarah. And I think there's this mismatch between what's happening a little bit. Like we were talking about parental burnout four months ago or six months ago, and it was all over the news and we were all into that. And essentially we're still having the feelings of burnout with a whole new school year and everything is open and we want to, sorry, Caroline, I'm stealing one of yours, but like, we want to say yes to all of these things. We want to do all of these things, but we're still burnt out. Like we haven't had any time to deal with the feelings of burnout before moving on to this really busy phase of life. No. And I feel like what's hard is that like, everyone's also just like hitting it all at the same time, right? Like we talked about how weird it was as therapists when you're like living the same thing as all your clients. But I also think it's, it continues to be this collective experience of like people hitting the same feelings at the same time. And I feel like usually there's a little bit more variation. And so it's a weird experience when everyone is like, 
oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's too yeah. much. Like usually you can turn to a friend and be like, oh, I'm just, or I could turn to you guys and be like, you guys, I'm just feeling so burned out. And you guys might be able to kind of really say, oh yeah, no, I, I'm so sorry. And, um, and maybe we could, and instead really what you get from your friends is like, oh, same, me too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so then you're kind of like, oh, okay. So what do, okay, great. What, what do we do with this? <laughs> and I think there's something validating in that, but it's so hard. Well, and it also gives words to the experience, which makes it more organized, which ma- makes it more salient sometimes. Like it does feel better to have words that someone else has given you for the feeling. So sorry, everybody who's listening to this, that we're giving you words for your feeling. We hope it helps, but it also <laughs> can amplify it because it's collective. We're hitting it everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that one of the things that's happening that's making this time really hard, at least for me, is that our kids are in completely different developmental stages than they were three years ago. And because of that, we haven't had time to kind of adjust to the new demands of each developmental stage. For instance, like I have, when it started, when the pandemic started, my oldest, Cole, was eight and he was like in third grade and he had like you know, really not simple, but pretty simple problems like reading and like following directions, like a normal eight-year-old. And now all of a sudden fast forward, he's in school full-time, no masks, all of that stuff. He's 11 and he's coming home with like social concerns. And I'm more worried about his homework and we're, we like have so much more homework than we've ever had. And so it's like, we've leapfrogged. It's not like a frog in boiling water where it's like, you're slowly building up to this new developmental phase. It's like, we did three years in one day when he went to school. Yeah. And I think like, you know, you're also three years into a different developmental stage in your life right? Like you're dealing with the jump with your kids. But I think like we as adults are also coming out of this being like, whoa, where am I? What do I want? Oh, I'm drinking to that, by the way. I like, (laughs) I think like my, when this hit, my kid was a ninth grader and high school was coming and all these really cool experiences with a high school experience. And they kind of all got crammed into this pandemic period of time. And so all of a sudden, as we slowly come out of this and go back into school and stuff. My, my daughter's getting ready to go. She's a 12th grader getting ready to go to college. And, and so that puts me in a whole different role and a whole different place in my life because we started. And I thought, I mean, all the, always the high school four years go very quickly um, when you're parenting, but I think there are positive things about it, but certainly looking back, they just feel like they went really fast and in kind of one big bubble rather than these incremental milestones. That makes sense. I think for me, right, Cole's 11, Robbie's five. So I, as soon as Robbie, my youngest, started becoming like a kid that, an older kid that I can like, you know, sleep through the night and I can go out and leave him with a babysitter and not worry, the pandemic hit. And so I've really shut down really for 12 years now kind of my own personal needs because it was raising these young kids and then and having babies and then the pandemic. And so I feel like now all I want to do, and you've heard me say this, is just like go out and have fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, Sarah, did you know Caroline and I always laugh when you make drinking references because we're always like, but Sarah doesn't drink that much. I don't drink that much. It sounds like I probably do. I, <laughs> I know I don't. So I have I have good intentions. 
But I don't actually follow through. <laughs> we like laugh about it. We're like, it's so good. It's so good. It's amazing. But it is, you know, like I agree. Like I started the pandemic. I still had a kid in my house and now I really have a young adult. Yeah, yeah you definitely do. Mm-hmm. And you're getting to empty nesters. Sorry, Sarah, don't be Yeah, mad. no, the leap is real. I mean, that leap is real. And so, yeah, no, all of a sudden, like we're kind of surfacing out of this time and and I'm like, oh, I have to really like my partner again. And cause that's, who's going to be home with me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we're like both kids and parents? I feel like we all have this, at least I feel that vibrating. Like I have to do everything right. Because I have this, it's almost like that scarcity complex of like, it's yes. going to be taken away. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we're all over correcting. Like, Amanda, when you told me your children are on seven different teams, I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Right. I'm like, like, that's amazing. And I'm like, I feel like we're trying to like load everything in because there's this feeling of everything we missed out on everything our kids missed out on. And so it's like, we're just like doing things at a pace that's not sustainable long-term if we're actually going to be back and out in the real world. Well, and if we look at this using the trauma model, like once something big happens in someone's life, um, that now becomes a realistic fear, right? So the other piece is it makes me wonder how many oh. people head into situations kind of thinking, oh, we could lose this again any minute. Not really, Not- but just having it be haunting in their brain somewhere, right? I feel like it's like in your back brain, right? Yes. It's like that primitive, just like what if that you're not actually thinking about, but I'm mm-hmm. like, why did I just overload my weekend to an ex- insane extent? Right, right. What's happening that make- made me want to do that? Well, and I also think as far as sensory information goes for us and our kids, you know, our nervous systems got used to very little sensory information when we were oh. like homeschooling, right? It was like you were with your family and that's all you really had to manage. And now we're sending kids to school with 20 other kids in a school and then all the activities that they didn't have to do. And it's like, I just think we're on sensory overload because our bodies are not used to this. And so then the kids are having more meltdowns. Parents are having more meltdowns. It's just harder. If you are enjoying this episode and want more mental health support for you or your family, visit us at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. We're a mental health practice with offices in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, and Northern Virginia, and we provide teletherapy across Virginia and North Carolina. We offer psychiatry, individual, child, and family therapy, and even have some after-school appointments available. Again, that's www.virginia, spelled out, familytherapy.com. Thanks so much for listening. One area I'm seeing too is, you know, time management was very different when we were all in the same house and in the same place and people were having to, you know, do remote school and that kind of thing. Now you thrust a kid back into an academic setting and the time management is way more challenging and it's also at a new level, right? So when you leave school in ninth grade, but you come back in 12th grade or 11th grade, um, the demand is much higher. So now that kid might've have some had some mastery around some time management skills, but you're upping kind of the demand in such a fast way that, that the skill level might not also be there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now there are competing agendas, right? Like time management, I was terrible with it during the pandemic because I had this feeling like I can get it done at any point. 
But I feel like what's left over for me now is this idea. Like I tell myself during the week, oh, I'll get that done this weekend. I'm doing the same thing. Me too. Right? But then obviously I'm not getting it done over the weekend because I'm like doing real things. The weekend isn't just like this empty hole of time anymore. And so I don't know about y'all, but I'm always behind. Like I have this that I'm always behind. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, maybe I'm just realizing this right now, but I keep being like, what's wrong with me? And it's like, oh, it's that I actually have to like shift back into like a week and a weekend. Yeah, that's right. That's a really good point. I have to shift into like work days because that's where Mm -hmm. I haven't shifted. It used to be so fluid for me. I was like always parenting and working at the same time. It was like one and the same and it was terrible. And so I have to shift back out of that and I'm working on that. But you're right. I think like we essentially, our work weeks crept up to like a lot larger than they really can be when we can socialize. Right. right. Guys, our work was social. Like we, like literally we were like, we're going to work and we're just chatting on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, I was seeing a gazillion clients simply because I was like, what? I mean, A, I wanted to help a lot of people. It was such a hard time. But B, selfishly, I was like, what else am I going to do? Like. <laughs> What am I going to do if I'm not doing this? Well, that's how this podcast was born too, right? We just yes. needed something to do and to talk yes. to each other. Guys, it's great. Okay, someone enlightened me though on like what are we going to do about it and what do we think what do we think parents should do kind of like knowing that we've given you all of these reasons why you're more stressed than usual. Well, how normal do you think it is right now, you guys? Totally normal. I I mean, the three of us just all had new realizations about it. Even though I've been, even though we've been texting about this, we did a pre-interview about this. Like we, we really put our heads together and we still just had a new thought about yeah. it. I think it's pretty normal across the board. I have parents telling me on September 10th, they were like, uh, I'm counting down till summer again. I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we need to lose some vocabulary. I think we just can't should ourselves right now. Not that should, by the way. I don't know how it was sounded <laughs> just now. Um, but I think, you know, I find that a lot of times I'm like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I should be able to go home. Like you just mentioned the work day. That was I love that you said it out loud because I hadn't thought about it till you just said it. But I know I'll come home from work all day and then I'll make dinner and then I'm like, oh, I should go back and do the things I thought I would do it from work at home. Yeah. But yeah. I much rather actually have the 10, you know, half an hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes with my family because I haven't seen now I haven't seen them all day. Where before I would actually see them in passing in the kitchen at some point because yeah. we were all working from home. And so I think I need to personally, and I would invite other people to join me and just not holding myself to some account, uh, you know, accountable measure that maybe isn't worth it. So I think I need to stop saying, oh, I should do this or I should do that because that is definitely running in my head right now. Well, and along with that, I think we need to just like give ourselves some grace and like have compassion for everything that we all just went through for the last three years, right? Like letting ourselves say like, whoa, this was really hard and I'm trying to figure out kind of like a whole new world of things and how I'm going to manage all this stuff again. And so like, yeah, things aren't going to go perfectly and it's not going to feel good, but knowing that like, okay, I can at least 
sort of like have compassion for what I'm going through. Are you telling me that I shouldn't feel badly that I completely forgot about Robbie's soccer practice last night? He only has one <laughs> a week and I just forgot. We all forgot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, I didn't care. I was like, listen, <laughs> he's five. It's okay. Well, and it is okay, right? Like, that is 100% okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Given where we are, given what we've gone through, and given how we've gotten ourselves here, I think it is okay. I do feel badly about the coach, and I need to probably reach out to them. Um, but it's not actually that important. And it is okay that we did that because we're still getting through hard stuff. A hundred percent we are. I mean, it is just okay to not feel okay or be okay right now. We are just crawling out from under this. I know it feels like we should have this down, but this is, we're kind of in a new time. It looks familiar, but it actually isn't something we've all done yet before. I agree. And it, you're right. It does look familiar Mm -hmm. and therefore I think we think we should be able to do it Mm -hmm. and, and it's going to be hard. And that actually goes to my, my point that we wrote down our points that we're going to share with you all. So my point is like, it's okay to not tackle everything at once. Like I go to sleep at night and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to think about this for this kid, right? A new emotional stage for this kid, a new play date for this kid, a new friendship I want to help them develop, all this stuff for my work that I want to do. And be, and because I'm working less hours because I have a life again, like I feel mm-hmm. stressed about all that. I cannot mm-hmm. tackle it all at once. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of ridiculous to expect ourselves to be able to. Every There will be a lot of problems that are cropping up for families, I think, across the board. And it's probably going to be important to triage them. Some of them you may never get to. Some of them might feel more urgent. Um, But triaging is the way to go instead of trying to tackle it all at once. And it brings me back to that idea of like glass balls and plastic balls, which I love. I love this one. Right. But like, hey, like when when you're like, oh, my gosh, my five year old missed soccer practice. I'm like, to me, that that's a plastic ball. Right. Like you if you were going to drop a ball, you drop the right thing. It's not something that has a huge consequence. And so knowing that, like, hey, I'm going to miss some things. I'm going to like drop the ball sometimes because I'm not that experienced anymore with juggling this many things. But like, it's okay. I just have to sort of drop the ball where I can. And the thing that happens in my brain that I bet for happens for other parents too, is kind of like, I, I, guys, I don't really believe this, but I also kind of believe this. Yes. It's okay, Caroline, that I missed this one practice and he didn't do hot shots for three years because he you know, because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Therefore, I have like a six-year-old who's never played on a team and my other kids had another experience and I'm, you know what I mean? So I actually, even though I'm saying all that, I don't believe what I just said, but the weight of everything Mm -hmm. does feel more because we know that our children have missed a developmental phase. Mm -hmm. Right. It feels higher stakes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it does. But I don't think it should because I also think that, we gained a lot through the pandemic as Mm -hmm. families and as kids. And if we're only 
thinking about what we missed without kind of honoring the things that we gained, it is going to be kind of like, well, he has to go to soccer practice because he didn't do soccer shots. But when he wasn't at soccer shots, we were like, you know, singing Justin Bieber in front of the bathroom mirror. And, and that's just as important too, and probably more important than soccer shots. And so I think maybe when I feel like I'm missing something, I need to think about what I gained. Yeah. I was just thinking, as you're saying that, like we, as parents, as we kind of resurface and figure all this out, if something doesn't feel right, it might be really okay to not be doing it anymore. I agree. The new normal might be, oh, we just don't need to go back to that pace or we don't, you know, whatever it is, maybe that wasn't so good for my kid or maybe that wasn't so good for me. I totally agree. And I, and I think, you know, saying that and giving yourself grace to say that and knowing that Mm -hmm. that's what we all might need to survive this period too is okay. So I can go ahead and cancel college for next year. Oh, Sarah. That's a glass ball, Sarah. (laughs) Right. That is a glass ball. No, actually, I'm really excited for her. She's so excited. I'm very excited for her too. That's, it's going to be great. It will be great. It will be great. It's also, but Sarah, think about all the times and, you know, I'm willing to bet that she eventually will think about all the, really think about all the good times she had during that time that she didn't go to school when she was in 10th grade and 11th grade. She will look back and honor that and love that. If nothing else, she'll look back and at least enjoy the fact that my lacrosse skills improved. Not greatly, but a little, at least enough to hang and help. (laughs) I look back so fondly, like just those moments in your kitchen, right? That like Mm -hmm. felt like normal life and getting to see her. I hold those, right? Like we all have these little moments that we get to take away. Yeah, I guess we learned to really value them differently, which was probably not what we all wanted in the sense of a pandemic doing it. But we did all get this kind of taste of like, wow, you do have to stop sometimes and just look around and enjoy what might be small or just, you know, value the little things, which I think we did all the three of us definitely learned and hopefully other people did too. I think that's the piece too, is I think we just should probably be learning to value anytime we get any in any way, right? Because like life is hard and we are lucky to be here on earth kind of dark mm-hmm. guys, but we are. And so whether we valuing, we're valuing kind of being out at soccer practice or we're valuing being around your kitchen, we're lucky in both ways. And one does not have to be better than the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a good thought. I don't know. Who knows guys? I'm on very little sleep because I'm trying to, you know, put too much work into a day. <laughs> not, don't know how to figure that out yet. Well, I'm post vaccine again, although not looking nearly as rough as I did that one time that we recorded after I got a vaccine. <laughs> oh remember that? I was like in a sweatshirt with like a scarf around my head. Because, <laughs> yes. and I was sitting there and I was like, this isn't, things aren't okay. You did not feel good. Okay, guys, we're going to end on all of these deep thoughts. I'm going to cry again. I'm just like so glad to be here. I think we all are. It's really nice. Um, It is really nice. So good to see you guys. I know. And now we're going to say goodbye. Oh, you guys, you can find Sarah at the Lewis practice at what's your what's your website? It's the Lewis practice dot com. Like you can find me just the Lewis practice. Yeah. Amazing. And you can find Caroline and I at virginiafamilytherapy.com. Okay. Now we're going to sign off and talk to each other again about all these deep thoughts we just had. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again.